welcome. Thank you uh, for all of you guys that are here. Uh, welcome to all of you that are, that are watching us online as well. And so I'm going to start my message today. And, and today we're starting a brand new series. And uh, this, this brand new series is called Vision. It's called Vision 2021. It's called Vision 2021. And just so, uh, so you guys know, uh, every year what I do is I go on a retreat. I'm, I go on a personal retreat for two days and I pray and I ask God to be able to show me what it is that we should be doing as a church for the coming year. And so last year when I did my retreat, um, in prayer, uh, God was showing me that this year, 2020, would be the year of growth, the year of growth. And all of a sudden, COVID hits. And I'm like, wait a minute, what about this promise of this year being the year of growth? But then as I analyzed it, and as I was thinking about all the things that God did this year, he absolutely surprised us because we've had more people online than we've ever had before. We baptized more people during COVID than we did in all of 2019. Uh, Carrie, who is our children's uh, director, she just had a social distance um, Halloween for over or actually almost 80 families uh, in our church. And what about food help? I mean, food help this year in a period of about two months, every weekend, we were having around 650 families that we were blessing. And so God surprised us this year. And I don't know about you, but 2020 was definitely the year of growth. And so uh, if you're happy, if you want to celebrate, honk your horn here real quick. There, right? It's a good, it's a good year. It's a good year. I hope the neighbors don't hate us now. We're going to stop with the, with the horn honking probably because uh, we don't, we don't want to get in trouble. But um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for, for your compliance. Um, and so what I did this year is I went on my, on my retreat again. And I was just praying to God and looking through the scriptures and trying to know what it is that God has for 2021. And I went through the scriptures. I went through uh, the four gospels. And I, f- I found something very interesting. I found 25 different instances when Jesus, listen to this, he attributes direct um, relation between the faith of the person and his interaction. What I'm saying is over and over again in the scriptures, we see how important our faith is. How important our faith, not in the sense that we can tell God what to do, but how important our faith is in being able to be a part of what God is going to do. So we see over and over again in the Gospels, your faith has saved you. Your faith has healed you. Because of your faith, you can now see Jesus couldn't do many miracles in his hometown because of their lack of faith. And so today, today on Vision Sunday, I'm calling today Vision Sunday, um, I want us to think about 2021 being the year of faith. The year of faith. And I don't know about you, but I need faith for 2021. We don't know what's going to happen in 2021. 2021 is so uncertain, but I want to invite you to believe with me that 2021 will be the year of faith where we're going to believe what Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work with us. I'm choosing to believe for 2021 that what Romans chapter 8 says, that the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in 
you. So I don't know about you. I'm inviting you to believe with me that 2021, we're going to see more salvations, more healings, more people finding hope, more baptisms, more marriages being restored, more lives being saved than we have ever seen before. I'm going to believe this. Now, we can't tell God what to do, but I'm going to do my part in believing and having the faith to be able to allow for these things to happen in our church. I'm believing for the biggest revival that we have ever seen is going to happen in 2021. And so in this message today, as we're talking about 2021 being the year of faith, I want to invite you to pray with me before we get started. Lord God, we thank you so much, so much for these moments that we share. Thank you, Lord, because you invite us into a life of faith. There's so much that you say about faith in the scriptures. That it's such an important thing, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, as we're looking into the scriptures and, and figuring out what it is that we're going through right now as a nation, as individuals, in our families, that we will allow for you to step into our situation and for us to be able to see life from a, from a true perspective, from your perspective, and that as a result of that, we will find hope in everything that we're going through right now. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all those people said, amen, amen, amen. So a couple of the things that we're, we've been talking about with, with our staff is what is it that's important to us? What is it that as a church are the things that are the most important to us? And we've been talking about these and we came up at, with our staff with seven words, seven concepts. Uh, Number one is Jesus. Number two is hope. Number three is people. Number four is worship. Number five is service. Number six is generosity. And number seven is excellence. And so we've attached to these words what we're calling life-giving statements so that these concepts can be memorable. And so we say, we're saying Jesus is our pursuit. Hope is our flag. People are our passion. Worship is our spirit. Service is our heartbeat. Generosity is our privilege. And excellence is our standard. And so what I want to do for the next seven weeks is we're going to be talking about each one of these concepts and how it relates to our lives and how we can make these things real personally so that they can be also true collectively. And so as we think about next year being the year of faith, we're going to start with the first concept today, which is Jesus, listen to this, Jesus is our pursuit. Jesus is our pursuit. And so the verse that we're going to go into today is Mark chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, please look that up or you can look it up on your devices. And if, uh, if you don't, uh, I'm going to read it for you here. So Mark chapter 4, this is a pretty popular moment in the life of Jesus. Listen to this. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. 
so today what I want us to talk about is we're talking about Jesus being our pursuit. I want us to think about this concept. L- listen to this and please let this into your heart. Everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. So I want to start off with a question this morning. Have you ever been afraid? Ever been afraid? I've been afraid. Were you afraid in, in Halloween? I did something terrible to my daughter in Halloween. I should never have done it. I'm a terrible father. Here's what I did. I put on a mask. I put on the, uh, the uh, Michael Myers mask on. My daughter was sleeping, and I woke her up. She freaked out. I felt so bad. I think I've apologized to her about every day since I've done that. I should have never done that. Have you ever been scared? What's your biggest fear? There's a lot of different fears that different people have. They have the, the, the regular uh, fear, you know, which is like most people have like arachnophobia, which is fear of spiders. But there's another phobia that's called phobophobia, which is actually the fear of fear. And so many people have different fears. And there's a quote from uh, Jerry Seinfeld. He was telling a joke and he says this, according to most studies, people's number one fear is, do you guys know what it is? Public speaking. Number two is death. Death is number two. Does that seem right? That means that for the average person, if you have to go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than doing the eulogy. People are afraid of public speaking. There's a lot of different fears, and we can laugh about this, but, but sometimes, especially in the things that we're going through right now, there are fears that are very real. Presidency, jobs, health, future, what's next? Fear can be crippling. That's why the, uh, the scriptures talk so much about fear. We have 365 instances in the Bible where we are encouraged to not fear. It says fear not over and over and over again. And that's why this story that I was just talking about this morning with the disciples is so important and is so appropriate. Because we are definitely in a storm right now. I mean, we are going through things as a nation and perhaps individually that we've never gone through before. COVID, social unrest, racial tension, economic uncertainty, politics. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have all created for ourselves what I'm calling our proverbial boat, which is the thing that gives us the illusion that we're safe. Be it your 401k, a house, health, relationships, marriage, your kids. So you have all these things that that give you this sense of security. This thing that brings you stability. And you may be thinking, well, I've got all these things now. I feel pretty good. I can probably navigate some waters here. Now, the important thing to understand is that when the winds are calm and things seem to be going pretty well and the wind and the waves do what they're supposed to do, It's all good. We feel safe. But what about when the winds start to pick up? You may think, well, I can keep going. This is what I've been preparing for. But what about when it gets worse? What about when your marriage falls apart? What about when you lose your job? What about when a family member gets sick? What about the social unrest that we're living right now? What about COVID-19? What happens then? Because now everything seems to be uncertain and nobody knows what the future holds. And this is exactly what the disciples were going through. In the midst of this certain safety that they were in, which was their boat, all of a sudden chaos hits. 
And the boat that they were used to using forever now seemed completely unsafe. Because one thing is a little bit of wind and a little bit of waves. But that was not that. This was not a little bit of wind and waves. It says a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So all of their sense of security was all of a sudden gone. And so what do they do? What do the disciples do? Well, they go to Jesus. He's going to go, we're going to go to Jesus and then Jesus is going to save us. And where do they find Jesus? (laughs) What was Jesus doing? The Bible tells us that he was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. I I love the fact that Mark adds the fact that he was sleeping on a cushion. So he didn't just kind of like doze off. No, he like made himself this little bed and he's like, I'm going to sleep for a while. Then they go up to Jesus. And the question that I ask myself is who sleeps in a storm? Like, Like what is it that Jesus has that we don't have that allows for him to sleep through a storm. Have you ever had a sleepless night? Why can't you sleep at night? Well, because I got all this debt, right? I've got all these problems. I have a big meeting tomorrow. These things don't allow you to sleep. But Jesus was in the middle of a storm and he was sleeping. Why was he sleeping? Well, because he didn't have a care in the world. He was good. He was fine. And so the, the, the disciples, they were baffled when they saw him. And they, they assumed that the reason why Jesus was sleeping was because, because Jesus didn't care about them. That's why they say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Ever felt like the disciples? Ever felt like your, your life is all planned out? Everything is good. There's no chaos. You have good relationships. You have a steady income. And all of a sudden, the storm hits everything seems unstable, you go to Jesus and he seems silent. Like, what happened? I'm supposed to pray and you're supposed to wake up and do the thing that I'm asking you to do. So your assumption or my assumption could be the same assumption of the disciples. We may feel like Jesus just doesn't care. Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care about this pandemic? Don't you care about social unrest? Don't you care if my marriage fails? Don't you care that I lost my job? Don't you care that I'm sick? Don't you care that my parents are sick? And the list goes on because it seems logical that if Jesus is sleeping, he didn't care if they drowned. And the same may be true for you. You see, it seems logical that if Jesus is silent in a situation, It's because he doesn't care. You see, I think sometimes, just like the disciples, listen to this. I think sometimes, just like the disciples, we confuse the silence of Jesus with his absence. Sometimes we think that the reason why Jesus is silent in our situation is because he's he's absent in our situation. You may think, Jesus is silent in my marriage. He must be absent. Jesus is silent in my finances. I think he's gone. Jesus is silent in my health. He left. Jesus is um, silent in this pandemic, so he must have walked away. Then what happens with the promise of God? Like there's a promise in the scripture that he gives us over and over and over again. It's Hebrews 13, 5. It says, he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. It's so important. God will never leave us. You see, 
In the boat, Jesus was silent. Yes, he was. But he was not absent. He was there. You see, in your situation, Jesus may be silent. But let me tell you this and let this in, inside of your heart. He may be silent right now. Yes. But I promise you, he is not absent. He is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God is here with us right now. Jesus is here now. You see, Jesus did end up getting up finally. Verse 39 says, He got up, he rebuked the, the wind and said to the waves, Be quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why were you so afraid? Seems like a strange question. Because the answer to that question seems absolutely obvious. We were afraid because we thought that we were going to die. We were afraid because we thought that we were going to drown. Maybe you're in a situation now where you feel afraid. You're afraid because of your health, future, finances, relationships, whatever it is. Wouldn't it be annoying if someone came up to you and said, Why are you afraid? Don't be afraid, right? Or why are, you so, why are you so afraid? Well, the answer to the question would be obvious. I'm afraid because of the situation that I'm going through right now. And so here's, if there's one thing that I want you to remember today, is that what Jesus was trying to do with his disciples is to be able to, I'm going to pray for Jesus to calm the storm right now. See what happens. All right, I don't want you guys being distracted here. I got a little distracted. But I want you guys to listen to this. It's so important. It's so important that what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples is that there's a contrast between what the disciples were seeing and what Jesus wanted them to see. What was it the, dis the disciples were seeing? The disciples could only see the storm. That's the only thing that they could see. And the only thing that was in their minds was to get Jesus to calm the storm. And the same may be true for you. You've got a situation that you're going through right now and you can't see anything other than the situation that you're going through. And all you can focus on is, Lord God, please make the pain go away. Please uh, take away this uncertainty. Please resolve my financial situation. Please heal me or heal this person. And you cannot see beyond that. And I'm not saying that it's easy, but what Jesus was trying to do with the disciples is to allow for them to see beyond the storm. And what he wants for us to see today is that we have to see beyond the situation that we're going through right now. And I think that the reaction that the disciples have after Jesus calms the storm gives us the key to be able to be allowed to see beyond the storm. Listen to this. Jesus did something amazing for them. Let's not forget this. Jesus did something amazing for the disciples. He literally saved their lives. He saved their lives. They were no longer going to drown because of what Jesus did for them. But the thing that's amazing is that this amazing miracle ends up being a footnote in the story. The disciples' reaction baffles me completely. You see, when, someone, when somebody does something for you, like somebody gives you a million dollars, 
You're like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, but now I have a million dollars, right? If somebody gives you a car, you're like, thank you, thank you, thank you, but now I have a car. If, some, if a doctor uh, removes a tumor that had cancer, you're like, thank you, thank you, thank you, but now I have no more cancer. And so the focus begins, the, the focus is the thing that that person did for you. But the disciples, the disciples, after Jesus calms the storm, what is their response? It's not, yay, yay, now we're not going to die anymore. Jesus saved our lives. No, they stop in their tracks and they look at Jesus and they say, wait a minute. Who is this person? Who is this person that even the wind and the waves obey him? And so what Jesus was trying to get the disciples to understand is that it's not about the storm. It's not about being saved from the storm. It's about the person who saved them from the storm, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? You see, their focus switched from the miracle to the miracle worker. And that is what Jesus brought the disciples to. And it's where I hope to bring you this morning. Because common knowledge will tell us that, that our fears are based on the unknown. That our fears are based on us dying. That our fear is based on life changing, that our fear is based on loss, or that our fear is based on, on pain. And logic tells us that, that the way to be free from fear is to be able to make our life as safe as possible. In other words, have great relationships, have enough money, have a great career, all these things that will give us this proverbial boat that seems so safe that it will be able to navigate every situation. Jesus is saying, no, that's not the way to go. You see, we can create a boat that seems really safe, secure, with all the bells and whistles, but bottom line is, listen to this, the storm is coming. I wish I could say anything different, but the storm is coming. The question isn't whether it's coming or not. It's coming. The question is, are you ready for it? You see, being ready does not mean building for yourself the safest boat possible. Because no matter how great it is, it will come down eventually. Brothers and sisters, life is a mist. And in this life, he may heal you or he may not. He may end this pandemic or he may not. He may show you the way out of your financial hardship or he may not. He may restore that broken relationship or he may not. But safety, brothers and sisters, comes only in one person and his name is Jesus. In Jesus we are safe. Do you know why? Because Jesus already saved us in every way possible that any person could ever be saved. You see when Jesus tells the disciples, why are you so afraid? He follows up with this. He says, do you still have no faith. You see, what he's saying is, is you don't understand that everything is going to be okay. And that's true for us too. You see, in Christ, everything is going to be okay in the end. No matter who's president, no matter what happens with this pandemic, no matter if the storm in your life takes you out, everything is going to be okay. And it's not going to be okay because you have built yourself this amazing boat that can withstand everything. No. 
is because Jesus made it okay 2,000 years ago on the cross when he died for you. That's why everything's going to be okay. You see, the promise is not follow Jesus and he will give you such a powerful boat that you will be able to withstand whatever comes your way. No, that's not the gospel. He's not saying that. He's saying that, that when the storm takes your boat out, when the storm takes your boat out, don't be afraid. Because everything's going to be okay. You see, Psalm 46 says this, verse 1, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, everything, this is true, everything's going to be okay. I love saying that because I'm not promising anyone that your life is going to get any better. Hey, I hope it does. I hope all your dreams come true. I really do. But that will never be enough. Because if Christ isn't enough in your life, nothing will ever be. So I'm going to end with this. You see, our first core value that we've been talking about is Jesus is our pursuit. Because in Christ, we find hope. And he is the only one that can bring us hope and a future. You see, maybe you're here and you've been building for yourself a nice boat. Everything looks pretty good. Health is pretty good. Relationships are pretty good. But you're realizing that there's a storm. There's a storm either coming or you're in a storm right now. And maybe you feel like, like Jesus is sort of, quote unquote, sleeping on the job. But let me tell you this. This is so important. So important. I hope that you let this come into your heart right now. It's so important that that if Jesus died for you and then after his death and his resurrection, he does nothing else for you ever, that should be enough. Because we have the main thing, the thing, the only thing that gives us hope, the only thing that never changes, the only thing that will get us through any hardship in life. But we have to look beyond the storm. We have to look beyond our problems. We have to look beyond the thing that we're praying for. Like, God, please let this go away. Make this pain go away. Please heal this person. All these things that are legitimate concerns. If we're able to look beyond the storm and be able to understand that even if Jesus doesn't do anything more than just the sacrifice that he did 2,000 years ago, that is enough. I am good. I am going to be okay because in Christ, in Christ, and in nothing else, we have everything that we need. So I'm going to ask you if we can um, just bow our heads here for a minute and I'm going to say a few things and this, this moment is for you. This moment is for you. So if you could just close your eyes. I'm going to read a verse here. Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. Jump to verse 4, says, He will wipe every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Maybe you're here and you're, 
just having a hard time. Maybe you feel like Jesus is far away. Maybe you feel like he's absent. He's, he's been so quiet in your life, maybe in this situation. I want you to remember that even if Jesus is silent, that does not mean that he is not present. He is with you. And I want to ask you to, to ask yourself two questions this morning. Number one is, what is it that I have learned this morning? And number two, what is it that now I'm going to do about this? Let me pray for you. Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much, God, because we have everything that we need in you. And I pray, Lord, that as a result of what we've heard today, that we'll be able to to walk confidently. Not in the confidence that comes from the world, not in the confidence that comes from achieving our goals or being safe or having things go our way. In the confidence that you have given us, that no matter what happens, no matter what storm we go through, no matter how unsafe our boat seems to be, that at the end of the day, if we look at you, we have everything, everything that we need. I pray, God, that this will come into our spirits and that it will change our outlook on life, on our relationships and in everything that we do. We love you so much and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. One more honk of horns just to praise Jesus. All right. All right.